You're listening to Coast to Coast, the Latino. Good Friday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Coast to Coast Latino podcast. I am your host, Adrian Perez, and I want to welcome you to another edition of Coast to Coast Latino, brought to you by the Vida de Oro Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to the arts and enhancing the community. Our intro music is being provided by a band out of South America called Caramelo Santo. And their hit from about, oh, 10 years ago, Tu Pa Mi. And we have a lot of things to cover in this short 20-minute program. So why don't we get started? Let's look at what's going on over at the White House. The president has decided to come back and start doing his uh, uh, COVID-19 press conferences. And so he came out this week and he talked again about the seriousness of, of this pandemic. He also talked about the need for social distancing. He even talked about wearing masks, which is good. But he also shared a a somewhat alarming statement that made a lot of us feel very uncomfortable. He says, we need to start planning a strategy to address the pandemic. You know, I'm sorry, sir, but you know what? You should have come up with a strategy back in January, back in February, when everyone was telling you that this was a very serious issue and it needed to be addressed. It wasn't addressed. And now guess what? Because of your lack of leadership, lack of ability to actually take this thing seriously, the impact is especially bad on the Latino community. A sad statistic that came out late last week is that out of All the Latinos that are admitted into the hospital as a result of COVID-19, 73% are dying. That tells us that it's having a very negative impact on the Latino community. And every single headline that I open up each day, and by the way, I get dozens of newspapers from throughout the U.S. on a daily basis. And every, almost every one that I open up starts off with COVID-19 is having a very negative impact on the Latino community. It's having the most impact on the Latino community. And, it, and it's all because of several things, culture, language, lack of education, and finally, the types of jobs that our community holds, and many of them, by the way, are essential, okay? They include uh, mechanics, it includes store clerks, it includes stocking clerks, 
It includes meatpacking sheds. And the list goes on and on of jobs where it is almost impossible for people to work with social distancing, with with proper masks, and of course, being around other individuals who may or may not be infected. So we have some issues in our community, no question about it. But these should have been addressed. They should have been addressed a long time ago. Many of us, many years ago, pushed hard for states to consider establishing commissions on the study of the Latino community. Had these states implemented such an, such an effort, and that includes the state of California and Texas, uh, had these states implemented such a commission, they would have known exactly how to address this pandemic in the Latino community because they would have understood the culture. They would have understand, understood the nature of how we integrate our in our communities, how we talk to each other, how we do business. Instead, they didn't establish this commission and now they're struggling to figure things out. Uh, the other frustrating thing is the lack of leadership many of our elected officials are taking on addressing this particular issue. And time and time again, I keep reading how our own community is stepping up to either educate ourselves, to provide mass and, and basic training on social distancing, uh, washing your hands, etc. And the other is providing help for the much needed families, and that includes food. A lot of these families aren't making ends meet. They need food, okay? It's already bad enough that many of our children live in poverty, uh, but this pandemic is amplifying things. And so, yes, our community needs to get up. We need to start doing things to help our own community. We can't wait for other people, okay? And if you've ever even remotely thought about, well, maybe I should try to be a leader in our community, by all means, step up to the plate. Don't be afraid to go in there and say, hey, my community, I'm going to provide food for the following two neighborhoods, or maybe even a block. It doesn't have to be a full neighborhood, maybe a block. Uh, a city block, or maybe it's for farm workers, or, you know, I mean, you decide where, but the thing is, is that we need people to start getting off their duffs, stop complaining on social media, and do something about this, because we need to really nip this thing and address it properly, so all of us can continue living as we did before. So, so the White House now is back on, on this uh, uh, pandemic uh, press conferences trying to inform us on what exactly they're trying to do. And obviously they're not trying to do much of anything. There's a belief, a strong belief 
that our president has shared more than once that this thing is going to disappear. Well, folks, uh, it doesn't just disappear. And for one, the other is he also believes that we're going to have a vaccine. To get a vaccine is a process. And I know many companies right now have been offered incredible incentives to be able to come up with a vaccine. But it's a process. It takes time. And we need to make sure that that vaccine is consistent with everybody, not just individuals that have the, uh, the highest potential of getting COVID-19. And switching to uh, politics, an organization called the Latino Victory Fund uh, was announced this past Wednesday. Uh, they held a, uh, an event that featured actress and activist Eva Longoria. And uh, basically what they are doing is they're pushing for the election of Latinas, specifically Latinas running for office on the first time. And uh, the program is going to be uh, endorsing uh, uh, Latinas who are also running for Congress. There are four Latinas. I don't know how many of you are aware of this, but there's four Latinas who are running for Congress this year. It includes uh, Candace Venezuela in Texas, who would be the first Afro-Latina in Congress. There's uh, Christina Hale, who would be the first Latina in Congress from the state of Indiana. Michelle de la Isla, who would be the first Latina in Congress from the state of Kansas. And Georgette Gomez, who would be the first openly uh, LGBTQ Latina in Congress. And so basically what they are doing is they're pushing the election of Latinas. This is exciting, folks, because this is the very beginning of exactly what we've been talking about in this podcast. We have to use the strength of our numbers. I don't know how many of you are aware of this, but every 30 seconds, a Latino turns 18 years of age in the United States of America. Let me repeat that. Every 30 seconds, a Latino turns 18 years of age in the United States of America. That is very significant because that means that our uh, potential for making major change politically is there. The question is, can we get people registered to vote? Can we get them to vote? And can we get them fully engaged, fully involved in the election processes? And that includes running for office. Should we have more people running for office? Absolutely. What are your qualifications to run for office? All you need is a determination. You don't need a college degree. You don't even need a full-fledged high school diploma. What you need is determination. Determination to make a change. Okay? And people go, well, geez, you know what? The thing is, is that you should really have this, this, and that as a potential background. 
we have elected two presidents in a row that had zero experience in politics, okay? Two individuals with zero experience in, 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 uh, in, uh, in not only politics, but understanding how government operates. Barack Obama and Donald Trump, neither one had significant experience. Okay, and I know some people go, well, wait a minute, Barack Obama was a senator. Yes, he was a senator for three years. It takes about eight years for them to fully understand the dynamics of what it takes to operate federal government. Okay, so when he went on the job training, when he became president, he made a lot of mistakes. And the idea is to have individuals that go in there that don't make so many mistakes, okay? Uh, with Donald Trump, oh my goodness, if you haven't seen him fall flat on his face on a weekly basis, excuse me, on a weekly basis, basically what it means is that you're not watching national politics. You don't understand what's going on, okay? We need individuals that fully understand the dynamics, but more importantly, have the determination to make a change. We need to start at the local level. That includes uh, school boards, city council, city mayor, county supervisors. The amount of power that an individual has at the school board level cannot be denied, okay? We need our people at school boards because guess what? It's our kids that are not being represented by a champion at the school board level. They, we may have teachers that really support our kids, but they respond to a different level of, of hierarchy than we do, okay? We have no hierarchy. We have a, a, a very important role of ensuring the education of our kids. Here's the other thing regarding politics. We need people to go work as poll workers during elections. This year, there's going to be a huge void of poll workers because many of the poll workers are usually retired individuals. Well, with COVID-19 happening, these folks are not going to show up to work, okay? That means that we have an opportunity to go in there, make a major difference, contact your local uh, elections uh, manager, elections person, elections officials. Make sure that you're able to go in there and get yourself as a poll worker. Yeah, they'll pay you for the day. And by the way, it's especially great for younger individuals, individuals who are trying to uh, develop a resume of employment. So by all means, encourage your kids to go out and work as poll workers. The minimum age to work as a poll worker is 16, not 18, 16. So excellent opportunity. And we have a very young population that I think ought to be uh, getting involved 
in the election process, and that's one way that they can definitely do it. Speaking about uh, school-age children, a study by a group known as Latino Decisions uh, shows that uh, Latino parents are extremely concerned about their kids not going back to school and learning in a classroom uh, environment and also the lack of tools that are essential for their child to learn online and that includes computers, hotspots or internet and of course the whole idea of being able to intermingle with other students in a classroom environment. What the study showed is that 81% of those parents that were polled were very concerned. 48% of the families uh, think that help from the state with online education is a very important issue. So you, knew, you need to assess whether or not your state is actively, actively participating in one way or another in helping your child to learn online, your child to start addressing uh, the lack of a classroom environment. Um, but there's also nonprofit organizations out there that are willing to step up to the plate and help as much as they can. Yes, food is important. Yes, masks are important. But you know what else is important? Is the ability of a child to be able to express themselves creatively. The arts, the arts is a very essential component. And let me share with you, the Vida de Oro Foundation in Sacramento has identified a major gap between the creativity of, of a child's development and their ability to use computers, etc., to be able to learn more. You see, the first thing children learn is art, whether it's through shapes, colors, uh, a, a, a focus to creatively make those shapes and colors um, mingle or, or change, and more importantly, just their ability to think and do problem solving. If you look at what our ancestors did, our indigenous ancestors, they did a lot of creative things. Uh, if you look at the pyramids, if you look at the hieroglyphics, if you look at uh, those things that are essential for studying the world, it, it all evolves around the arts. So the Vida de Oro Foundation uh, has put together art boxes that include materials, glue, uh, uh, crayons, uh, coloring books, etc., to keep that child creative. And more importantly, for the parents to get involved in that child's 
uh, creative development. Uh, because of uh, funding and because of other resources, only 250 boxes have been uh, uh, put together. They will be given away to uh, primarily Latino families that register in advance for these boxes. And what we encourage other communities to do is similar things. Identify the specific needs of your child, of your children, and come together and make it happen. You know that there are some neighborhoods now that are essentially starting their own schools and something that we can talk about at our next podcast. That is our note that we uh, have to get off the line. I sincerely appreciate you taking time with us uh, again. And again, my name is Adrian Perez. This is Coast to Coast Latino. Drop us a line at latino at coasttocoastlatino.com. That's latino at coasttocoastlatino.com. Thank you again so much for taking time of your busy day to listen to this podcast. Until next week, we'll see you then.